go. Imaginary realms of animated movies. Sometimes whimsical, sometimes magical, and sometimes deeply moving. They have undergone a remarkable evolution from hand-drawn illustrations to ultra-realistic imagery. A transformation fueled by the advances in computer graphics and the craft of filmmaking. Today, we will learn what goes into creating this magical world of animated movies. This is Career Calling, and I'm your host, Pratibha Pandit. My guest, Mariana Galindo, has been crafting these worlds for nearly two decades at Pixar Animation Studios and DreamWorks. Modeling clothes for characters in iconic movies such as Toy Story, Incredibles, Coco, and Turning Red, among many others. She will share with us the intricate process of animated movie making, with a focus on the discipline of cloth simulation. She will also share how to build a career in this field that blends art, science, and technology. Hey, Mariana, welcome to Career Calling. Thank you. Thanks for having me. As audience, when we watch these beautiful animation movies, we are so into those magical worlds that we almost forget that somebody needs to create those piece by piece and, you know, part by part. Maybe because of that, when I first learned about that, you know, there is a field of expertise for creating clothing for these animation characters, I was so surprised. So tell us, what does it mean, simulating tailoring? So there's a, there's a couple steps in it. There's our development step. And if you think of the characters as, you know, hand puppets mm-hmm. in the computer, we need to put just articles of clothing on them. So the part of the discipline is called modeling and you can like sculpt out different shapes or you can use, you can even use 2D tailoring techniques and like layout panels that'll fit around a character. And Mm -hmm. in order to make it move, there are things called cloth simulators. So essentially, if someone is trying to animate a character, they have a skeleton in there that they can say, okay, open the mouth, close it, Mm -hmm. make them smile or something. But for a simulator, this is a computer-driven calculation. And there are incredible developers who create cloth solvers that are set up like little springs across a model that you make. And Mm -hmm. you can help define how much it's going to bend, how much it stretches, how much it shears. And so there's one piece of making the costume for a character, and that's putting all the detailing and stuff inside. And then the other part of it is trying to make it move and make it feel and wrinkle and like a cotton or a denim or a a leather, you know, just these Mm -hmm. different fabric materials. Mm -hmm. So these models are physical models, like the physical objects on which you are first trying to put the clothes on before it gets simulated? Well, they're in the computer, but yes, they're physical, like 3D models that we're creating. And then we have, you Mm -hmm. know, a spring type mesh that goes underneath it to make it move. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how similar it is to designing and sewing clothes to real people? It's, It's funny. When you're actually creating the garments, you're working a little backwards. When you're actually creating physical garments in real life, you choose your fabric and then you find your design of what you want it to look like. 
And this mm-hmm. can sometimes be backwards where we'll decide what we want it to look like and then we'll try mm-hmm. to make it feel like the fabric that we want it oh, to be. Okay. But we do do a lot of exploration in real world materials. And so we'll build things and for reference, we'll look, especially when we're early in film production, we are just awkwardly staring at people and their clothing and saying like, oh, how's this made? You're paying attention to where things are stitched together, what the seam lines are. And even as you're trying to study that, you're thinking of the style of your show, because not everything is going to look like real world cloth. Like sometimes you want something more specific and to fit into the world that you're working in. Yeah. Yeah. A little more magical. Especially in animation, you always have these really stylized head shapes and body shapes and like everything is pushed. And so you want the clothing and costuming too to fit into that style. Mm -hmm. Cloth simulation is one of the complex problems of computer graphics that requires a combination of artistry, knowledge of physics and mathematics to make those animated clothes feel both whimsical yet real. The entire process of animation movie making is a perfect combination of artistry, science and technology. As a group of artists, storytellers, technologists build a movie layer by layer. Well, there's definitely hundreds of people who work on films and especially in animation. It's different from film in the sense that You have nothing. You start with nothing. So everything has to be created. The world, the environment that the characters are in, the characters Mm -hmm. themselves, like nothing, nothing really comes for free. So I think most every film has or every company has their own pipeline. And there are so many different uh, disciplines that go into it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, even from the story development side, you have story artists, script writers and editors. And Mm -hmm. before we even build anything in 3D, they're trying to figure out and solidify the journey of the characters. And then the editors are always taking the visuals and like putting it into movie form and making the clips and combining with voices and audio. After that, we are making the world and the characters. And but we need to understand what that's going to look like. So. Mm-hmm. There tends to be an art and design team and mm-hmm. they're figuring out the style of the film and kind of helping us get a visual target. Mm-hmm. And they're always incredible collaborators because they're working with all of our experts in our area and we're kind of get to play back and forth and see how to push what it is that they're visually trying to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then... When it comes to the model creation, I'll start with just the environments and say there's modelers who are kind of like sculptors. They Mm -hmm. create these like 3D shapes. Mm -hmm. Um, There are shaders who will paint on these sculptures to Mm -hmm. make them look like the right materials. There's there's set dressers and Mm -hmm. those are people who will like if you think about a room, you want to feel like that room is lived in that's part of a real space and so they place everything and put you know all those different pieces like a dollhouse and trying to get them set up and then on the other side you have your character people and those are similar you have modelers who sculpt the characters and shaders who paint but Mm -hmm. in addition to that there's people who build the skeleton structure underneath 
They're called rivers oh, okay. and mm-hmm. they give the tools of like, okay, move this finger, move this, like how, how is their face going to move around? How's the, you know, the body going to move around? They give all the controls for that. And, and then groomers who, who do all the hair designs and setup. Uh, yeah. And so that's just in that first yeah. creation process. Then you have a full pipeline of uh, production where, you know, people are setting up cameras. People are, there are animators who are focused on the performance of all the characters. There's um, effects who will do, um, like, they'll do a mix of, depending on a project, the, the mix of environment or character-based simulations, but like fire, water, you know, that kind of thing. My discipline that, you know, takes those, what's made in the costuming and the, oh yeah, costuming is part of the character process too. But simulation will take things like, yeah, it's either simulation or character effects. They'll take things like the hair and the clothing and make them move with the performance of, of the character. Uh-huh. Um, of all the rest of the animation is short is when you layer in the costume part of it. Yeah, we kind of work in layers. And so mm-hmm. as, as people are working and putting things on, we get to layer on top and layer on top and layer on top. The interesting part of this field is there is a whole artistic side of things. A lot of these you mentioned, you know, sculptors and the painters, and there is a technology side of it. Mm-hmm. When somebody wants to get into this field, is there one aspect that plays a bigger role than the other? Like, is it that artistic people are going to do well in this field versus the technology? Is there anything like that? What is your opinion on that? Of all the people I've met and worked with, they have come from so many different backgrounds, whether it's artistic, maybe it's technical. Sometimes it's something totally different and they are passionate about what they do. And I think overall, there's just a level of learning and problem solving that I think applies to both artistic and technical. So definitely a cross section in there. And because it's, you know, everyone's working as a team to Uh make this one product. So I think it's a mix of our of both. And it's okay if you're more technical. It's okay if you're more artistic. You can find something for you to, to be a part of if you want to be a part of it. You yourself, going back to your education background, you did your bachelor's in fine art and information technology. Mm-hmm. What is the starting point for today if somebody is very interested in the animation field, they want to get into it? Education-wise, what would you advise? What are some of the options they have? So there are animation-specific schools, but I think it, it really depends where your interests lie. And some of them, you know, you'll hear some that produce a lot of story artists and design artists or 2D animation. And others mm-hmm. that will help shape more lighters or technical artists. Mm-hmm. What I would recommend, if there's a certain genre that you're interested in, a sh- certain area or discipline that interests you, just understanding where the parallels are. And, you know, the credits are on every film. Look up certain people and see where they went to school. Okay. And the sc- schooling is one aspect of it. Schooling is whatever you put into it, wherever mm-hmm. you end up going. But a lot of it is your portfolio when you're applying to jobs and to visually show what you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're early on, say, in college, how do you build that portfolio? Like, is it through internships or the personal projects? 
how how do one build that portfolio? Yeah, I think projects in addition to like if you're not building your portfolio through your school program, I definitely recommend working on your own projects on the side as well. You know, a lot of newer folks at the time, they have they'll go through internships. And I went through internships myself before getting in, showing your potential and saying, yes, I'm willing to learn. I can, you know, pick things up and just kind of build that tenacity to go after, go after it. Tell, tell us about your journey. Like, were you always interested in getting into animation or you kind of slowly went in this direction? I always had animation as a goal since around junior high. So I, I think I saw in, there was a TV show during like the first Silicon Valley bubble. And that was called TechNow. It was local to the Bay Area. And they just went behind the scenes on different tech companies. And at the time, Pixar was one of those like weird tech companies doing, you know, like animation in 3D. What's that? And I seeing the behind the scenes, they were like riding scooters, you know, just a very creative and casual environment. And that's where I was like, oh, that's a job. Like you can do something like that. And I always had it in the back of my mind, like, yeah, I want to do that. That seems incredible. But along the journey, I never knew if I was going to get there. But um, it kind of just continued with the whatever artistic interests I had, but then kind of just had that in the back of my mind as I was going. Yeah. After your undergrad, you continued to do internships like in the same field. How did you finally realize your dream? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, in college, I started in the engineering program. But I didn't feel like I was taking as many art classes as I wanted to, or mm -hmm. I hoped I would be taking. And so I kind of switched my major and to fine art. That was the only arts program that they had. Being in the art program, I was doing sculpture. I was taking any digital art classes that they had. It kind of helped me have this little side hustle of graphic design. And I worked at the career center at my college doing graphic design and promotions for them. It was in that space that they first told me about an internship. Oh, this is, you know, this company is having an internship. Pacific Data Images was a part of DreamWorks. And so PDI DreamWorks, they were located in Redwood City, close to my school. So I just started applying. They had different types of internship options. They interviewed once, totally bombed my interview. I had a cold. I was nervous. It all got, just got the best of me. And they're like, no, not this time. Six months later, they provided another internship opportunity. I tried again and I was able to land one in their training department, which was such a blessing that I didn't realize because, you know, I didn't have the full understanding of animation itself. So mm -hmm. it was a way for me to connect with artists all over the studio. And as we were setting up classes and I would be learning what they were learning, it was, it was just a continued education opportunity. And proving myself in that space, I was able to get invited back for a second internship. I was like, oh, that one looks interesting. Yeah. And so I went into that one. And then one thing just kept leading to another and until I could get um, uh, a spot. So over the years in the field of animation, the, the production companies or the companies that make animation movies have gotten so much consolidated and there are very few at least that we can see. If somebody was interested, what are the opportunities that exist? For new new students coming in? Yeah, there's always a hunger for new talent, new voices, new perspectives. And so the internship programs are very much alive and well in every company, I would think. It's not just animation itself. 
a lot of these disciplines work across different, a wider industry, whether or not you're looking at video games or VR or visual effects and animation, like I would suggest, you know, just putting yourself out there to anything, whatever kind of builds your reputability and, and skills. One thing I'd also say, trying to get a job is not just about how good you are at what you do. It's how well you work with people and how consistent you are in your work. Because, mm-hmm. you know, anyone can spend like 30 hours on a single thing and make it look great. <clears throat> but you are in a film environment or a game environment, whenever you're all kind of working as a team to make this product, you're trying to hit a deadline. You're uh-huh. <clears throat> collaborating with other people and like going back and forth with perspectives. And so, you know, whether or not you're thinking about this from an internship perspective sure. or a full-time job, that's what you're trying to convince people of like, hey, I'm easy to work with. I know what I need in order to hit a deadline and I will put my best out there. Now, are there any specific forums for people who are like, if somebody wants to learn, you know, I know that I have inclination towards this, but I know nothing about how the movies are made or, you know, nothing about one of the different opportunities that exist. Are there any, you know, other than LinkedIn, is there any place where there are opportunities to learn or read up or watch or something like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely, a, you know, a full, like, a thriving online forum or just community that you can dig into. When I was getting into the industry, there were, like, magazines and, like, DVDs you would watch. But these days, <clears throat> you know, YouTube has so much content. Mm-hmm. To, to pick up animation and you know it's not necessarily even about the tools that you're learning in if you want to become an animator the tool isn't what makes you animate your skill set of understanding motion and physicality means that you can animate in whatever tool you just need to mm-hmm. learn that tool and mm-hmm. and so there are like blogs and forums there's different just like Graphic societies that you can go to. Seagraph is another huge like graphics conference where um, all, all the different industries, like graphics types industries, like I said, the gaming, the VR, the animation, visual effects, they all come there and like talk about their techniques or challenges that they worked through. There's, I was mentoring some other artists and they're like, oh, I just got, a, you know, a model I made got an award through this online contest. And I was like, oh, cool. There's online challenges where you can, within a certain time frame, create something and Mm -hmm. show it off. And that's almost how you can display your your work outside of LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You know, LinkedIn is its own. For our space, that's like a resume tool, but we're always flipping to like, well, here are my (laughs) visual spaces as well. You kind of link anything that kind of demonstrates portfolios. Finally, what advice would you give for somebody who wants to start off? Like you talked about building a portfolio, trying to get into internships, anything else, final advice for anybody just Mm. in this field? If you were, let's say, in middle school or high school at this point, I would say keep your mind open because I didn't know the job I had even existed. And I I think, I don't think it did when I was in in middle school. And Mm -hmm. The craft is always evolving and changing. And so, mm-hmm. you know, have your eye on the prize and do your drawing, do like write stories, 
just whatever you can, just start creating and how you enjoy creating and keep building that skill set. But at the same time, when it's time for you to get a job, you don't know what the landscape of jobs is going to look like at that point. There might mm-hmm. be totally new things that are invented at that point and which is exciting. And so, you know, yeah, just keep finding ways to build your craft and and keep your eyes open when you get there. Makes sense. Thank you so much, Mariana. This is very informative and it's really fascinating. Thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. If you're a student or someone interested in animation, a great place to start is Pixar in a Box, a collaboration between Pixar Animation Studios and Khan Academy that gives in-depth behind-the-scenes look at how Pixar artists do their job. This free online course teaches all aspects of animated movie pipeline while also teaching the science and mathematics principles behind them. Some other resources include siggraph.org, S-I-G-G-R-A-P-H.org, a nonprofit organization serving the evolution of computer graphics and interactive techniques, and their YouTube channel, ACM SIGGRAPH. DigiPro, a digital production symposium that brings together the world's premium creators of digital visual effects, animation, and interactive experiences. For more resources, check the description box of the YouTube video. This is Career Calling, and I'm your host, Pratibha Pandey. Thank you for tuning in.